Welcome to Behind the Lens podcast, where we talk to everyday business owners going deep on everything from childhood experiences, trials, tribulations, as well as success habits that have shaped them as humans. So today we have Simon Gould of Orbit Marketing, who's jumping on. This is a guy who I very much respect um, and and appreciate, like just the how genuine he is. Um, he's someone who I connected with um, back in Penrith, where where I grew up, and he's someone who I looked up to before we finished, uh, before I finished my full time job. Um, he actually references a conversation that we had just as I was finishing up my full time job. Um, Simon is obviously in marketing and a whole range of other things, and we talk about um, we talk about moving and leaving Penrith. We talk about marketing. We talk about ads. We talk about experiences and building business. Um, if you have any of those um, interest you, you, this is going to be a really cool episode. So today's episode is powered by Triple Effect Media, where we create six months worth of video content for YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok and film it all in the space of two days. So if you're interested in finding out more about how we can script, film, edit, and as well as publish up to three videos weekly across all of your social media platforms, please reach out to tripleeffect.com.au. Otherwise, let's get started with the show. Welcome to today's podcast. I have the amazingly beautiful Simon <laughs> joining me. Um, so Simon is the owner, director, and chief nerd of Orbit Marketing. Simon helps service-based businesses by developing and implementing a customized 90-day marketing plan designed specifically to increase leads and sales, something that I'm really keen on diving into more about and whatnot. But the best part of Simon is he's, he, he was born and bred in Penrith somewhere that I grew up, know much, much about, and um, obviously keen to dive into a to a chat about marketing, business, and um, everything that's uh, built the foundations around that. So welcome to the podcast, Simon. Thanks, Alan. Mate, it's uh, it's good to be here. I know that you and I have known each other for a few years now, so it's exciting to be able to get onto your podcast and have a bit of a chat. Awesome. Yeah, this podcast, it's actually one of these things that I planned on doing it a while ago. Probably at least, this has at least been in the works for, I'd say, over a year. Um, and to be able to finally get it out there, um, it's something that sort of aligns with a lot of my values and, and whatnot. So um, to be in a position where I can really give it the time and attention and everything else and obviously have people that um, are like-minded, that I admire, share similar values, it's it's an absolute pleasure. So thank you again for being on. Um, mate, let's, let's kick off with um, business, uh, actually how we first met. So I'm pretty sure... And please remind me, was it, you were the president of the Penrith Chamber, is that right? Uh, I was the president of Penrith Chamber for a couple of years, yeah. And, I, and right. I may have been in that role at the time when we met. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was the Chamber of Commerce, obviously like a business network and, mm. and obviously connected with the councils and, and all those other things as well. Yeah. Um, mate, I guess what I'd love to understand, if you, if you don't mind, is how like... How did you, why did you get into something like that initially? Um, and what, like, obviously there's leadership capability, like leadership things and, and a whole range of different things involved. Um, but what, what had you get into that space? Into the Chamber of Commerce, into that space? Yeah. That, yeah. Look, I think yeah. for, for me, it's really important for me to be, and I know this, this kind of sounds really cliched, 
but it's really important for me to be putting things back into the community where we live. You know, as, as business owners, we take a lot out of the community. You know, it's how we earn our living. Um, you know, we build relationships that we benefit from. And so I think there's always that maybe obligation to put things back into that community. And so, yeah, I was the president of the chamber for a couple of years. Uh, I chaired a local charity in Penrith for a couple of years, the Australian Women's and Children's Research Foundation. Um, and I've been part of committees for other things as well. And I just think it's so important to be able to sleep at night knowing that I'm taking stuff out of this area where I live, but I'm putting something back in as well. So it feels really good. Um, there's obviously commercial benefits too. Like let's not kid ourselves. You know, you it, it, help builds, it helps build your profile, helps build your reputation. People get to know who you are. Um, but ultimately it really is about making sure that you're doing something. I, I feel like, you know, I feel like you have to get even with the world. And if you're, if you're in credit too much, then eventually something's going to go wrong. So maybe it's karma. I don't know. Um, but I genuinely feel like when you're taking stuff out, you've got to put things back into even the balance sheet. I, I couldn't agree more. I like, this is, this is something, this idea of giving back is something that I only articulated very recently. Um, so recently, or like for the last two years, I've joined the Surf Life Saving Club here on the Central Coast and um, been volunteering my time. Yeah. Now, to give some context, and you'll, you'll definitely be able to resonate this, especially given, you know, what you've just shared. I remember like, you know, I'm giving my time. I'm not getting paid for it. Um, you know, most of the time, like other than internally that you're through your groups and your teams and everything else, you're not really getting thanked for your time. No one's like, um, giving you a gold star at the end or <laughs> yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I completely resonate. Like at the time I was sort of, I was sort of like, well, I had a, I had this feeling of wanting to give back and, and things like that. And t to me, the most valuable thing that I can give is my time because it's like, we've obviously run a business and yeah. all those other things. And so I completely resonate with what you're saying with like, um, wanting to do something and give back. And, and it obviously, like you said, there's obviously commercial benefits yeah. and all those other things, but it does make sense and, and everything else. Um, so as I introduced you at the start, yeah. um, and I'd love to get, I guess, a little bit more context around orbit marketing and, and what you do there and, and whatnot, but you obviously run. Um, a digital marketing agency. Mm -hmm. um, you do a whole range of different things on social media, marketing, paid ads, and a whole range of other things. But do you want to give us a little bit of context as to um, what Orbit Marketing is and um, how did you get started? Yeah, so Orbit Marketing, as you quite rightly point out, is a digital marketing agency. So we work with local businesses to help them grow their online presence, to help them grow their leads, to help them grow their sales. And we do that in a really structured way. You know, we work with the business owner or whomever it is that's doing the marketing there to get an understanding of who it is they help and how they help those people, put together messaging, put together offers, put together advertising campaigns that are specifically designed to increase that brand awareness, generate leads, nurture those leads, and get them into a state where the business owner can convert that person into a sale. And it's not like it's not rocket science. There's a there's a really structured process in order to do that. But in terms of you know how we ended up here, uh, my background's marketing. You know I studied um, marketing. I graduated from the University of New England like a hundred years ago. 
um, with a commerce degree, <laughs> um, with, with, with majors in marketing and human resources. Uh, I spent a while in the recruitment industry, which is really interesting. You know, when human beings are your product, there's that really blurry line between what you should and shouldn't do. And it kind of got to a point where I thought, I just don't want to do this anymore. You know, I don't want to be buying and selling people because that's really what it felt like. So yeah, left that, went into advertising, spent some time with uh, News Corp uh, in their motorcycle magazine division, which for a motorcyclist like me was awesome, like it was a dream job, um, and spent quite a bit of time there until News decided to sell off their magazine division. Um, and so, you know, that meant looking for a new job. Uh, spent some time with the car sales network on their bike sales website, independent publishing house, some other advertising stuff. And then within about six weeks, my wife and I both found ourselves out of work. And we're like, what just happened? Like she was in a really good, stable job with the engineering company. And I was a state sales manager with an out-of-home advertising business. And we're like, how do we both end up unemployed and how do we pay the mortgage? And we've been mucking around with this idea of our own business for a while. And it was Joe. She went, well, like, we've got nothing to lose. It's now or never. And we started Orbit Marketing. That was in 2017. We've now got, you know, a team of people. We've got a bunch of fantastic clients who we work with. Um, we both work in the business full time. We've recently, you know, done the great migration out of suburbia to the beautiful beaches of Foster. And we're running yep. our agency and life's good. Awesome. I love that. And just talking about Joe, Joe's got a bit of a photography background. Is that right? It's, well, that's something I've observed anyway. It's actually me. When you know we when we were looking at starting oh, really? a business, yeah, yeah, I know, right? If you see Joe, she's got the tattoos and the bright red hair, and she looks like the creative one. But she's the, our systems and processes, and and I'm the creative part of the team, oh. which is really unexpected yeah. for people. Um, when we were looking at starting a business, it was going to be a photography business because that was my passion, and that's what I wanted to do. But it just kind of morphed yeah. into marketing because people assumed, well, well, if Simon started a business, it's probably a marketing business. And we had people ask us for help with marketing. And eventually I just sort of thought, why am I fighting this? Like, let's just go with it. And 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 it's been the best decision, you know, that, that we ever made was to move into that space. Like I said, it was my background. Um, we still do photography for some of our clients. We do a lot of stuff for their social media content. Um, but you know, we don't do, I don't do weddings anymore. I do the odd corporate event. So I've got one that I love, which I'll just mention, which is the annual youth off the streets lipstick lunch, which is a big fundraiser for youth off the streets. Um, and I basically give my time to them to shoot that every year, photograph that event every year, but now it's really just for our social clients. Yeah. No, beautiful. Awesome. And look, obviously, um, there's, there's a lot to sort of dive in there, but what I'm, um, what I'd keen to learn more about is obviously you've given us like a little bit of a background and, and story and all those other things. <clears throat> um, there's, as you know, and you do not need me to tell you this, there's obviously many different marketing agencies who are out there, digital marketing agencies who probably offer similar or, you know, similar things and whatnot. And I guess what I'm really keen to hear your your opinion on how do you stand out as orbit marketing like what is it that is either your usp or how do you make sure that you really stand out to who it is that you're looking to 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 work with yeah look i think it's that structured plan that we work towards it's not just an advertising campaign you know there's actually a systematic process where we start 
building awareness of the business, building awareness of the brand, building awareness of whatever those offers might be. Then we move into a lead generation phase where we take that you know, market awareness that we've created or that brand awareness that we've created. We use that in order to generate leads, which aren't always going to be people who are ready to buy right now. You know, that's probably one of the biggest things yeah. when we're talking to business owners is you need to be prepared to invest this time in building a really solid foundation before things can accelerate. And so we move into that lead generation phase. It's really important to make sure that you include good lead nurturing, um, email, SMS, messenger, if you can include that in that in that lead nurturing as well, before we make really specific offers in order to convert those people into customers and so you know we sit down and we plan out that 90 day campaign at the start of every client relationship that's where it comes from and so that's a that's a point of difference for us now there's a lot of marketing agencies out there as you say and there's a lot of really good ones you know we're by no means the only agency that can do that and can get results for people at all so the other thing i think business owners need to to look at is can they work with the agency? Like get on a phone call, have a chat with them, talk about stuff in general. You know, the conversation that you and I are having, um, yeah, we're talking about marketing, but we're kind of getting to know one another and feeling each other out. And I think that's really important because there's going to be points during that relationship where things are fantastic and everything's great. And there's going to be points where things are not so great either. You know, the leads just aren't coming or the offers aren't resonating and converting. And so it's really important that the business owner and the marketing agency can work together. So there's got to be that vibe there. You know, you've got to vibe with that person. And so I think that's one of the biggest things is is we always want to make sure that we've got that that relationship with the client. That means we can have those tough conversations when they need to be had um, and they're productive ones. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Like, so obviously you've got a system, you've got a process. There's a little bit of like, like you're sort of talking about, it's almost like you're building and nurturing that relationship oh. over a course of a period of time. And you're always either nurturing or, or, you know, directly calling out the next step in the process and whatnot as well. Mm. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so let's, let's take a little bit of a turn. Um, cause I'm really keen to hear, obviously like, there's one big similarity that we both have is we obviously both grew up in Penrith um, and we now find ourselves closer to the coast um, and and whatnot. I'm I'm keen to hear your thoughts as to why you made that shift and move from Penrith to now Foster. For those in for those who don't know geographically where Penrith and Foster is, it's basically is it roughly about four and a half hours from Sydney north of Sydney or three three and a bit hours? Yeah, north it's of about Sydney? three and a half hours north of Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, what what had you sh like just pick up your life, obviously growing up in Penrith and move it all to Foster? Yeah, look, um, we, we, Joe, my wife and I, we always loved the beach. I mean, you know, you, you're Aussie and, and you grow up around it and it's such a big part of our life and our culture. Who doesn't love the beach, right? And we would holiday yeah. there. Joe's a Central Coast girl, so she grew up near the beach. And our plan was always to retire to the beach. And then, you know, COVID shut the world down and it turned everything upside down. And one of the positives was that we all realized that we can work from anywhere, especially Al, as you know, in our industry, you know, we can, as long as you've got a laptop or internet connection, you can pretty much run your business from anywhere. And 
Uh, Joe just looked at me one day. She said, why are we waiting? Why are we going to retire to the beach? Let's just do it now. Right in the middle of COVID. It was a challenging, it was a challenging exercise, <laughs> let me tell you. Yes. Um, Western yep. Sydney was was right in lockdown when we bought the place that we're living in here. And we couldn't come up to have a look at it. Things up here, we'd already sold our house. We put it on the market. It sold within two weeks. The property oh, market was wow. crazy. We had to buy something up here. We couldn't get up here to have a look because we were in lockdown. And so we didn't actually see this house until the day before settlement. Um, we were able Man. to find a place that would let us do our isolation up here. It was a holiday park that was basically empty. Um, so we stayed there and we were, we finished our ISO the day before settlement. So we got to have a look at the house. But, but you know, the, the motivating force was, let's do it now while we're young enough to enjoy it. Let's go and live that coastal life now and not wait until we retire. Wow. I didn't realize, because oh, that's right. Like, because Sydney was in lockdown, uh, but obviously Foster, they were still running free, yeah. if you will. <laughs> yeah. That's why you had to do that That lockdown, is you're coming out of the Sydney area. Yeah, and because, like, and, and Sydney, you know, had issues, but, like, it was sort of June of 2021, and Western Sydney, like, COVID was exploding in Western Sydney, and there were parts of it, including bits of Penrith, that were in, like, a hard lockdown. I don't know if you remember, but, you know, certain postcodes, yeah. certain suburbs, you weren't allowed out of your suburb. And unless, yeah. you know, certain things like you had to do it for work, you're an essential service or you were moving. And so we could we could leave for that, but we couldn't just sort of, you know, come up for the day and have a look around or view a property or something. Um, you know, we had to we had to kind of make make that move, find a place that would let us isolate for two weeks. Um, so it was really challenging. Yeah, it was really challenging. There's There's a whole rabbit hole of questions that I'd like to ask from here, but I think I think, um, in, in summary, mm. it's, uh, it feels like it, feel, it potentially feels a little bit excessive of what we had to do back then to, to where we sort of ended up, doesn't it? I think getting some nods. So like in yeah. retrospect, you know, you have a, at the time it didn't seem that like it was frustrating, but you kind of got it, you know, lives are at stake yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. In retrospect, you look back and think, man, that was really draconian. Like that was hardcore restrictions that they were putting on people. Um, and yeah. and the fact is we still, like we, we just came back from a trip overseas and people are still wearing masks and there's still COVID testing, um, like little tents yeah. all around the streets in this in this city where we were. And it's still here, like it hasn't gone away. And I think we've kind of yeah. just gone, well, you know what, screw it. We're going to have to live with it now. So let's just get on with our lives. And we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And everyone's got to do what's best for them and, and everything else as well. But oh. yeah, in very, very interesting. So obviously you've made that move. It sounds like obviously you're really enjoying it and, and whatnot. And I can, again, the reason I ask is because obviously we made the move to the central coast from Penrith. Um, so geographically an hour and a half North of Sydney. And, um, and one of the big reasons is exactly right. Like we spend a lot of our holidays um, around the beaches and, and things like that. And, um, and exactly right. Like we never, we never sort of said we want to retire. Um, you know, it was just more so I think Jess has, Jess, my wife has some family up here uh -huh. and, um, we just made it work and happen. Um, but yeah, absolutely right. Like, um, prior to like, so it was four and a bit years ago at the beginning of 2019 that we officially started this business. Uh -huh. 
Um, but prior to that, I was still, you know, doing work and whatnot. And I was working from home, working with clients all around, you know, um, or at the time in New South Wales, in Sydney and Brisbane, um, all from my little home office in Penrith. And, um, and I was able to service that plus do a full-time job. I was working for the Commonwealth Bank, um, remotely. Um, and that then told me that like, you know, it, it was like, it, it worked out that I finished up with the Commonwealth Bank before I moved, but I was actually, we'd actually mo- were making the plans to move with the intention of me working still for the Commonwealth Bank, but it just worked out that I, I managed to get out of my full-time role and, and everything else as well. So I, I remember, it's quite, it's, I remember having a coffee yeah. with you at a little place in Penrith and I think it might have been just after you might have handed in your notice at the Commonwealth Bank, but maybe hadn't even finished up there yet. And I just and I just remember how different the expression on your face was, like how different you carried yourself. It was it was clear um, what a massive step that was for you, and what a good step that was for you. Like to step out of that and go, you know what, I'm I'm doing this full time. Um, it was awesome. When when was that? We had a, co- well, we, we had a can co- you remind me? We had a coffee at Percy Plunkett. That's right. Yes. Per- and, and yeah, we had a coffee at Percy Plunkett, and we were just talking marketing and stuff like that. And you and you, yeah, you know, walked in and sat down, and like I could, there was just this grin on your face, and I thought, I don't know what's going on. And you told yeah. me, you said, oh, I've given him my notice, like I've handed my notice in, and I'm leaving, and I'm going to be doing this full time. Um, yeah, I, I I remember that. Yeah, that was, and look and look at where you are now, and what you've been able to do. Yeah, in your own home, and it's brilliant. Yeah, no, well, thank you for bringing that up. Like I, yeah, it was a massive, massive achievement for me. Um, But I think above and beyond being able to exit out of my full-time job, it was the self-belief that I'd just, I'd been able to do, uh, to have even like, I don't know how much I told you about the contract that I'd just gotten from the real estate agent to be able to make that shift and and move and all these sort of stuff. But like, I, yeah, like I, I, if you will, like, if you go, if I like, this is the way that I see it. And it's a very like deep and spiritual way of seeing things, but I manifested, um, an outcome purely through like just taking action and doing, doing repetitive things to make sure that I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. Um, you know, on the other side, I just knew Uh that this, this role, whilst it was supporting my mortgage, my kids and all the other things that I had it wasn't fulfilling enough for me to continue to be there. Yeah. And, um, it was really good to connect with you. And, and again, the reason I love connecting with people like yourself is you get to like, you've obviously, you were at the time you were running your, you're still running the same business as far as I, I remember. And like, just being able to have like pure focus and flexibility around that work. Um, and being financially stable enough to focus on the things that you wanted to and needed to yeah. at that time as well. Um, that freedom, that mental freedom is something that I think I was chasing and looking for, yeah. um, but knew that I was doing my time and building something up so that I could do it. And yeah. obviously there's, there was lots and lots of obstacles once I finally left, but yeah, yeah there was... That was a really, really cool time. I think more so because of the self-belief and everything else as well. Yeah, I think. Hello, amazing human. This is just a quick, brief message to remind you to share the love. 
And what do I mean by sharing the love? What I mean is if you know someone who might get value from this episode or from this interview, make sure you share this episode with them. Also, if you are enjoying this interview and may enjoy other interviews like it, make sure you hit the subscribe button or follow button on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. And lastly, if you're really enjoying this episode, if you really want to share the love, make sure you leave a rating. A positive rating with lots of love is much appreciated. Otherwise, let's get back to the show. Like having, you're right, having the freedom to focus on the things that that you need to do is important. But the other thing I think that drives success when you make a decision like that is that really sort of that clarity of focus that comes with knowing that there's no alternative now. Like I am 100% reliant on this business for everything and I have to make it work. I once heard it starting, I once heard it described, starting a business described as jumping off a cliff and building an aeroplane on the way down. And it's 100% right, mate. There's no choice. You get this right or there's a big splat at the bottom. Um, And that's what it's like. And I think- as long as you've got that safety net of the job, then you can build yep. your business, but it's never going to happen the way that it happens when you make that decision to jump. You've just got to jump. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's 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 like, even if you do splat, it's okay. Like, it's okay to fall in the water, climb your way back up or climb and build something mm. back up to where it needs to be. But because um, I know for me, I did that multiple times. Like, I don't know if I ever told you about the iPhone app. Did I tell you about the iPhone app that I built no. and absolutely sucked at? No. All right. I'm just going to share a little story yeah. about the iPhone app, right? So <clears throat> this was going back about 10 years ago, maybe maybe somewhere around that point. And there was an app that I, I so with a graph design background, I designed an app called the Fire App. <laughs> and um, this app was a goal setting app. And so it was derived from this, I was really into Tony Robbins at the time. And so doing all this goal setting and all this other stuff. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to use my graph design skills. The latest thing is building an app, an iPhone app or whatever for your smartphone. I'm going to try my hand at it. Um, There's a really cool guy in the area. His name's Brendan. Um, He's still in this area, but I think his company and and whatnot's evolved. But um, anyway, he's from from Penrith as well. And uh, so I connected with this guy. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, So connected with Brendan, he he sort of helped me to understand um, what I could do coding wise and all these other things. And so we got to it. Like I designed all the screens and all this other stuff. Brendan and his team um, built out the app. Um, Now in saying that, I'll I'll step back and say that um, to have Brendan and his team work on it, I had to, I had to get, come up with 20 K $20,000 and, um, and I didn't have it at the time. So instead of talking to my wife, like a good responsible (laughs) husband would, I went and got the loan first and then asked for, (laughs) and then asked for forgiveness after. Now that was not a really good plan of attack, um, with, uh, with, with communication and, and building a really strong relationship. Um, but it sort of you sort of get the sense of my passion oh. and everything else. Anyway, we did this app. I launched it. Um, there was, it was sort of like there was a freemium version. So there's a free version, and then there's a paid version for a uh-huh. dollar something. Yeah. And um, out of the 
all the investment and all the other stuff that I did, I made a total of $14 back. Wow. And it was, it, yeah. That and sucks. it sucked. Like, yeah. And so I then, after I'd launched it, I then realized that I need to come back and, and do all the coding and, oh, sorry, need to, I need to work on the concept first, right? Mm. Come back to marketing, marketing strategies and things like that. I hadn't even thought about the marketing side of it, who my target audience is, who, like, what are the pain points, things like yeah. that. Is this solving a where problem that needs to be to? solved? Is there enough of a market of people Correct. who want to pay for this? Yeah. Yeah. The problem I solved was I wanted to create an app yeah. and I, <laughs> wanted your problem. It, I wanted to use the app. Yep. Yeah. So it was good for me. It wasn't good for anyone else. Um, and that was the problem. And so the long and short of it is that app, like I, I then tried to like do some crowdfunding. I just got, I, I sucked at it. No one wanted to give me money um, because I just fucked up my own 20K. <laughs> um, and I, and I learned a really, really valuable lesson there about like testing a concept later on as well. I found out I could have done a proof of concept for like, um, I could done a, could have done like a test concept for two hundred dollars. Oh. Had people test it and yep. give me live feedback and all these other things, right? So, but the long and short of it is, there is no way that that moment where we were sitting at the coffee shop and I'm telling you about how I've just left my full time job. Yeah. There is no way I get to that point without you know that experience sucking and and that like that is for me that's my my real top my real life university degree. Yeah, and so. Yeah. This is going to segue into my question to you, Simon. Yeah. Is there anything that you have that you've really suck, sucked and failed on that has led you and helped you to build success into where you are today? Oh, look, there's been a few little things along the way. You know, we've, um, we maybe not to the kind of extent, um, that you did with the app, but we tried a couple of different businesses along the way you know at, at one point we decided that we were going to go into the t-shirt business which i think every good entrepreneur probably does at some point in their life and we created designs and we printed shirts and we even had you know the, the really cool little labels printed to stitch into the background and had them all custom stitched in and i can't remember i don't remember what we spent on it but at the time it felt like a lot of money and, you know, similar to you, the only people who bought anything was, was our family and our friends and that was it. And I think we ended yep. up chucking out, you know, a couple of hundred t-shirts like 10 years later when we, when we realized we had to let go of this and throw it away. So, you know, we've, we've been there, we've done, we've tried things that haven't worked and every single day, every single day we try things that don't work. And I reckon one of the, one of the biggest um, fears it's important to overcome if you're starting a business is to learn that, like you said, if you splash in the water, it's actually okay. In fact, it's better than okay because there's always going to be something really good you can learn out of that. You know, I don't know who said it, fail fast and fail forward. It's a real thing. You know, when we launch a campaign now, yep. it's based on a whole lot of good information. It's based on solid planning. It's based on strategy, but there's no guarantee it's going to work. And it's kind of exciting yep. to see... What happens? And if it doesn't, what can we learn from that to make it better and move forward? So, yeah, look, there, there's always little things along the way. Um, there's always things that you try that don't work. And there's always something to learn out of that. I love that. Fail fast. And and just to, to reiterate your point, like coming back to the marketing talk and everything else, mm. <clears throat> like even within our specific business, 
the marketing and ads that we were running for ourselves between July to November last year went absolutely bonkers. They were, they were like ex over exceeding our expectations, yeah. right? Great. The mar we tried the exact same approach um, this year yeah. and it's, it's completely different. Yeah. And it was, it was so interesting um, seeing that. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's exciting when that happens because at the edge of those values and, and those things are optimizations. Yeah. And what's really interesting now is the, the pivots that we've made. We've actually like, if we're just looking at results for, for our Facebook ads and things like that, what we're now seeing is a lower cost per lead, but a higher return on ad spend, not only cash collected, but also future revenue and, and a whole range of other things. Yeah. Um, and, and that wouldn't have happened like, and, and even if you will, some more qualified clients, because we had to go a little bit deeper on specific niches mm -hmm. and yep. things like that. And so you, I'm, I'm sure you'd have a thousand and one of these examples, but is there anything that you can sort of share around like, and you don't necessarily obviously have to put names and things yeah. like that, but are there yeah. any examples that you, you can share where you've had to make some pivots and changes and you've had some really good outcomes as a result of that. Look, I think there's there's very few, if I can say, there's probably only one campaign I can think of, you know, that's generating solid results that hasn't had to change in that period of time. Um, and, and what I will say is that the, the issues that people are facing, the challenges that people have got and what's important to them has changed so dramatically in the last two to three years that if you've got something that you're doing now that's working, that was working two years ago, you're really going to be in the minority. So it's important to so you go back to your client persona. And I think that's probably what you were alluding to when you talked about going a little bit deeper on particular yeah. measures. Go back to your client persona, talk to your customers, talk to the people that used to be customers and find out what's important to them now, because it's often going to be very different um, to what was important to them a couple of years ago and try yeah. and so you'll need to you'll need to change your offers um what we've like one example was a client who was running a webinar funnel right so they were using branding and awareness to create warm audiences retargeting those warm audiences with a hey sign up for a free webinar and it was it was working really well and they were getting really cost effective webinar registrations and then you know suddenly within a period of about 3 months they stopped getting those webinar registrations and they just didn't really understand what was going on. And so we spent a little bit of time digging a little bit deeper and trying to understand the client persona a little bit more. And what had changed in the lives of some of these people were added responsibilities, more stress, more pressure um, because of increased costs of living. And so they were feeling really um, time poor, whereas previously they were a little bit more relaxed and they could v invest an hour in a webinar. But now they're like, well, I just haven't got that hour in my day. I'm so busy trying to play catch up and do other things to make my business work that I haven't got the time for that webinar. So the free offer, right, the lead magnet, if you want to call it that, the free offer was changed from a webinar registration to a simple infographic with a process on it. And suddenly the downloads were great really cost-effective leads, followed up by video sales letter to get onto a call and they were back. But 
that webinar that yeah. had worked really effectively previously just wasn't working anymore because one little thing had changed. People were just too stressed and too busy to be able to dedicate the time to a webinar. So if you're doing something now that was working two years ago, then I take my hat off to you because that's incredible because <laughs> so much has changed. Yeah. But if you're finding yeah. that whatever you were doing now isn't working, then it could be the fact that your offer now isn't relevant to how people are feeling. So go back to your client persona, like you said, I'll dig a bit deeper and try out some new offers. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, the next thing I'd love to talk about is, I guess, your values, right? So it's not something that I think, I don't even think we've ever had this conversation, but just your presence, your energy, you're very chill, very like well-spoken and very confident with your delivery and, and everything else. Um, I'm assuming has to come from the confidence that you have in the abilities that you, the abilities that you not only have in business, but you're a good, genuine person as well, Simon, let's, let's both admit it. And so what I'd love to now understand if it's okay, is what are some of the values that you have in business or are just super critical to how you work and operate with your clients? Yeah. Um, thank you, mate, for saying that. I really appreciate that. And it's definitely something that we put a lot of emphasis on and a lot of value on in, in our lives, but in our business as well, is openness and honesty and transparency and looking at a client campaign as though it was ours, as though it was our money. Um, you know, we work with uh. small and medium-sized businesses. We don't work with corporates. We don't work with guys who've got a million dollars allocated to marketing and if they burn it, that's okay. We work with small businesses who are like, well, yeah. this is a lot of money for me and I need to see a return on that. And so, you know, one of our values is to make sure that we're being transparent, to make sure that we're being open and to make sure that we're being really honest with people, not just in what we tell them, but in, in what we, we do. We've always, in every single campaign that we run, and, you know, we've had campaigns that haven't worked. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to show you yeah. that sometimes it doesn't work. It's advertising. It's marketing. Sometimes it just doesn't get the result that yeah. you want. But we, but we never, um, we never go to bed feeling like we haven't done absolutely everything that we could. And I think that's what gives me the confidence to say to people, "Yeah, we can do this for you," because we know that we will turn over every single stone to get to that result as if it was our own money. Probably even more so. You know, you feel more responsibility when you're spending someone else's money. When it's your own, you go, oh, well, you know, if I burnt that, I burnt that. Um, but when it's someone else's money, you've yep. really got to be completely invested in getting them the outcome. Absolutely. And I, I agree. And I think that sort of comes back to like, I guess, if you will, the like even just having the integrity to know that I, I want to operate this campaign. I want to work on, you know, with this person in the same way that I would want to see it. And um, yeah, I love that. Awesome. Um, look, is there, I guess the, the last thing I'd love to understand more about um, and what I typically like to ask, is there anything that like happened during your childhood or anything that like you were doing as a child or during your teenage years or anything like that, that you just knew that marketing was going to be a fit one way or another with, with where you are now? Um, yeah, look, I blame my mum 
Um, I, I, I blame my mum. I, I don't know. Mom. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's like a statute of limitations on child exploitation, but hopefully there is, um, because <laughs> m- m- like my mum, and and this is this is partly where I think my community mindedness comes from too. Um, my mum started the the Save the Children Fund chapter in Penrith. Like there wasn't like it didn't exist in Penrith, and my mum decided we need to do something, and she started that, and. It used to it used to raise funds by having a table outside. I think it was the National Australia Bank at that point in High Street in Penrith, which now might be an electrical store. Um, and when I was really young, and we're talking like six, seven, eight years old, I would sell raffle tickets, and people just couldn't like say no to a little kid asking them to buy raffle tickets. And I always sold more raffle tickets than everybody else. And so, um, and Mum knew that too, which is why she dragged me down there to sell raffle tickets. And so yeah, I, to make you know, sure, yeah. yeah. And then, so there was that. And then, you know, we we um, we did the stereotypical um, lemonade stand out the front of the house, and the local kids. Like when when I was growing up, there was a whole bunch of young families in the area, and so the mums always gave the kids. You know, I don't remember how much it was at the time, probably twenty cents to go and buy a glass of lemonade. Um, you know, from the lemonade stand. So there was always something little like that going on, and so I guess it was destiny like I was always going to do something that was entrepreneurial it was always going to be in sales or marketing to some extent um and it took a while but yeah here we are that's <laughs> that's amazing I like that did the top salesperson for the raffle tickets and uh slowly led to where you are in sales and marketing yeah I think awesome. I think when you're that age you don't really you don't have any fear of rejection at that age. So you just walk yeah. up to people in the street, you know, whomever. Can you imagine doing that now? Can you imagine a kid like at that age being yeah. unleashed into the public now? It just would happen. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah. but I, I remember those times really fondly. It was great fun. Yeah. No, look, and I can actually resonate probably more so. It's, it's a little bit different from a resignation, uh, the way that I resonate. Um, I still like, so I grew up in church and, um, like my parents took us to a Christian church and whatnot. And by the time I reached my teens, I was in, um, I was in a youth group. Um, and I always seen that, um, the kids who brought their friends to youth group always got recognized and always, it was almost like a, a, they were some sort of significance was placed on Hey, this person brought these many people. Congrat, you know, well done. Yeah, good to have. Welcome all this other stuff. And so for me, um, my love language. If you if you don't know what the love languages are, there's a really good book called The Love Languages. Um, highly recommend checking it out. But my love language is words of affirmation. So someone right. saying something really nice about someone, especially to a wider audience, which I have, you know, deep impact um, values and all those other things. I was like, okay. So this works. So the way that I get paid in, in recognition is by bringing people. And so unfortunately I turned into a little bit of Bible bashing when I was younger, but it's sort of one, that's one of the things that sort of taught me a little bit about that sales and, and, and whatnot about like almost like a numbers game. Uh, And, uh. um, I look back at it now and realize how fucked up it was um you know like that thinking of just bringing numbers getting numbers in and whatnot but it really does contribute to like goals and outcomes and drives and and values and the way that people work and operate as well doesn't it 
Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we can't underestimate the importance of those formative years and the experiences that we have. Yeah. And, you know, it's good that you were able to kind of look back and analyze that and say, well, you know, some of that wasn't quite right um, or didn't quite work for me. But there's other things that you can take out of it and you do move forward within your life um, and in your business and they serve you really well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got always got to appreciate where you come from, no matter like, obviously I would not do things the same way, but I appreciate the Alan and, and the, the, the things that I learned during that period of time, just like you'd appreciate, you know, the fact that you were the top <laughs> raffle selling person, um, which has led you on to, to where you are now as well. So completely all well, of those, Simon, thank you. All, all those experiences, Sorry, you all of those experiences have turned us into people that we are. So you know, whether they were good experiences or bad experiences, if we survive them, you can't regret them because, you know, that's that's what's turned us into who we are today. I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, look, this has been a really, really cool chat. Um, been a really good way to sort of catch up and, and, and um, check in and whatnot. If someone's interested in either finding out more about Orbit Marketing or even reaching out to you directly and, and you know, having a chat or whatever the case is, um, what's the best way to get in touch? Um, email, uh, website, orbitmarketing.com.au, uh, simon at orbitmarketing.com.au. Check out our Facebook page, which is Orbit Marketing Oz. Um, yeah, they're probably the best channels. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today. Um, is there any final quotes or anything else you want to leave us with um, before we finish it all? Um, not so much quotes, but I think, you know, for anybody that's out there and they're thinking about either starting their business or they're thinking about starting their marketing campaign or they're thinking about starting something, my advice is to just start. You know, you and I have talked about it today. When we took either that decision to take the plunge or we found ourselves in that situation, it's amazing what you can achieve when you feel like you have to. So like, don't wait, do it now. Whether it's, you know, even if it's um, our moving to the beach, just get on and do it. I couldn't agree more. Like even if you're talking about like shifting your life, like it's, it sounds really big when I, when I say, when you say you've got to shift your entire life, but there's things that you don't have to do. Um, and there's things that you can sort of work out along the way, like, yeah. Um, even, you know, we moved up and the bit, one of the biggest concerns was that Ruby was, uh, Ruby, our, our daughter, um, who's now eight, she was starting, she was about to start school, uh -huh. needed to find a daycare center, um, and all those other things. And, and it's the same for Oscar actually. And like, they're all little things that you can sort of tick off and you just yeah. need to list your priorities because yep. everything else can work out. Like my parents still live in Penrith uh -huh. and we come to visit them. You know, we just make the trip, especially the North yeah. Connects now in place. We just make the trip down. It's not that far for us, especially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's all workable. Like you said, like you mentioned, you know, especially now in business, just depending on what you do, obviously. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities online now to be able to do business and operate um, from that place as well. So, and it could yeah, be you're great right. finishing point. Yeah, you're right. It could be something as simple as moving your business online. And I love that expression, choose your hard. Like picking up your life and moving it, it's hard. But staying where you are and being miserable, that's hard too. So, you know, which hard would yeah. you prefer? Pick one. I love that. I love that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Simon. Thank you so much for spending some time. Um, 
and see you on the next one. Mate, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for catching up. That is the end of today's podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, as I mentioned before, make sure you share the love, share it with a friend, family member, or otherwise, make sure to give us a subscribe or even a positive rating on the various platforms. And if you're interested in finding out more about Triple Effect and who we are, what we do, head to tripleeffect.com.au. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next interview.